We are Screams and Queens, a podcast for all lovers of horror movies, novels, and true stories. Your hosts are Bree, the book nerd, Megan, the horror expert, and Jenna, our token scaredy cat. Each week, we'll watch a horror movie and then talk about what scared us the most. Or should we say, what scared Jenna the most? We are Screams and Queens. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Screams and Queens. I am your co-host, Bree. I'm Jenna. And I'm Megan. And this week, we watched the movie The Turning, which is an adaptation of Henry James's uh, short story, The Turning of the Screw. So basically how the podcast is going to work, we'll give a, a very brief movie summary, then we'll move into some fun facts about the movie, talk a little bit about the actual structure of the movie using the fried tag pyramid, uh, talk about a little bit comparing it to the short story... And then we'll talk about what scared us specifically, what scared our scaredy cat Jenna. And then lastly, we'll play a fun little game called What Would Your Strategy Be? So we'll start off with just that brief movie summary. Uh, A governess is hired to take care of one young child, Flora, after her parents' tragic death, but is in for a rude awakening when the degenerate son, Miles, comes home from school. And oh ghost haunt the house. (laughs) Um, I don't know which one is worse, Miles or the possible ghost. (laughs) Is degenerate, like, the real word that it is a characteristic of Miles? (laughs) Like, if you type in Miles from the turning on Google, does it come up degenerate? Because... I think um, it's a nice way of saying asshole. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I guess degenerate would be an appropriate word for it since he got kicked out of school. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we'll go into some fun facts specifically about the movie. So the movie was released in 2020. It was directed by, I'm going to try my best to say this name, Floria Sigismondi, and written by Carrie W. Hayes and Chad Hayes. I'm assuming there's some kind of relation there, uh, unless it's just a strange coincidence. Um, It's based off a novella by Henry James called The Turn of the Screw. Oh, also, um, so it stars Finn Wolfhard. Love him. Yeah, last time in the podcast we said Finn Wolf, (laughs) and I believe that is some kind of character somewhere, but his name is Finn Wolfhard, so we apologize, Finn Wolfhard, for uh, mispronouncing your name. Uh, and then, so Finn Wolfhard is as Miles Fairchild, and then Brooklyn Prince as Flora Fairchild, who I thought was just like the cutest little actress oh, ever. Oh, she's so cute. She was super cute. Okay, first of all, that's really interesting that Flora and then you said, Floria? Floria. Mm-hmm. You think she had anything to do with that? 
No. When naming the character? Because Henry James did it first in 1898. <laughs> so, conspiracy! Yeah, yeah. Time traveling. But I think something may have happened there. <laughs> so I think I'm on to something. That's, that's, that's very possible. Um, and so, the film actually first entered development in March 2016, and it was described as a passion project for actually Steven Spielberg, who directed our last movie, Jaws. Shout out Steven Spielberg. Um, but he executive produced because he wanted to be involved in horror film again, supposedly. Um, and then also the film score is composed by Nathan Barr, who did True Blood, The okay. Americans, and Hemlock Grove. Oh, that's a good one too. I don't know if you watched I'm pretty sure that's, that's a werewolf one. I'm into that stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, the book or the the novella is uh, from 1898, so pretty big gap. But there's been, I mean, I like I don't know, dozens of adaptations of this movie from Broadway shows to plays to yeah, oh yeah. It's there's been going like, to be a recent one if anyone has seen the show Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Um, it's an anthology series, and the next season will be an adaptation of this book or novella as well. Oh. I'm pumped. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, the first season of Hill House was terrifying. I don't get that scared by things. No. And that movie, movie, that show fucked me up. Yeah, that show's creepy in and of itself. Um, okay, anyway, so enough <laughs> with fun facts. <laughs> um, so we'll move into the Fry Tag Pyramid, a little bit about the structure of just the movie for now. Um, so as a reminder, the Fry Tag Pyramid, the beginning, the catalyst, rise, crisis, Climax, and then realization. So, nanny slash governess needs a job uh, is the beginning. Or, actually, I should say, the beginning is the blonde girl. You kind of get the backstory with the blonde girl running out of the house. She's hysterical. She drops her key. Fast forward, governess Kate, who is actually unnamed in the novella, needs a job. Miles comes home and is a huge dick. <laughs> um, He's such an asshole. <laughs> Uh, we also kind of learn earlier that Kate, Kate's mother is in a, um, some kind of mental hospital. Um, and so th the movie's kind of all over the place, it but really is. <laughs> so then she goes, she's in this house, this kind of like grandiose mansion she arrives to and she sees ghosts. Maybe we don't know. Like she sees ghosts and she doesn't, does she? I don't know. So the whole thing is just, I don't know. Um, but, and so anyway... She's trying to protect children and fight the ghost and figure out what happened to the last nanny, Miss Jessel. Uh, she's trying to get out of the house and get the children out of the house. And um, there's no really realization because we don't know what happened at the end because <laughs> there's two endings. <laughs> um, so uh, basically our questions, does it follow the typical pattern? Is it working? Why or why not? I, I, it didn't work for me. It's a no for me, dog. <laughs> it's a no for me, dog. I mean, it was definitely in the horror genre. I've seen a lot lately when it's PG-13 and it's so reliant on the same tropes. It's just jump scare after jump scare. And it's, I don't know, not very creative. It's kind of boring for me. Um, 
What? Oh, Jenna. You have so much to Jenna learn. was under the blanket the whole time. I can't even give much to this movie because I didn't see it visually. I just listened. I don't know. I just wasn't... Beyond it not being scary, it was a little nonsensical. It didn't really make sense. They didn't really follow through with anything. And you're at the end like, what? Is that over? I don't understand what I just watched. Right. Yeah. I don't believe it follows our typical pattern just because it was all over the place. I think it was a movie that they were, they didn't know where they were going with it. Like, they were like, this is a ghost story, but it's also, is she crazy? But then when we were watching the movie, there's this one scene, this is not a spoiler if you haven't seen it, it's just a stupid part, so (laughs) it doesn't matter, but there's this one scene where Kate, the nanny, like, moves this mannequin into this other room because it's creepy, and then she leaves, so she doesn't see it. But the audience sees this mannequin's head turn. And Megan's like, wait, so if they're supposed to be ghosts or she's supposed to be crazy, like the audience sees this head turn, but she doesn't. So that would mean there are ghosts. We're crazy. Plot yeah. twist. Yeah, maybe maybe the whole point <laughs> is that we're trying to make the audience feel crazy and, um, I don't know, maybe. But, so no, I don't think that it followed a typical pattern. I really do not like this movie. I only wanted to watch this movie because I love the story and I love Henry James. Um, but no, I just, I think the movie was all over the place and they just didn't know where they were going with it. Dana, what do you think? <laughs> Wolf. <laughs> Wolf hard. Wolf, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was pretty freaking scary. Like, if we're being honest, I had trouble sleeping the night after and the night after that and the night after that too i'm finally in a good place but i don't know as soon as i got home i pulled my shower curtain back (laughs) looked on that the part that creeped me out the most is well no that's a lie everything creeped me out (laughs) but the really creepy part is that she would hear like all of the footsteps and all of that coming from the part and when little kids have senses that shit just creeps me out because flora was like i don't go there you know Mm -hmm. to like that part of the house go in that room and it's weird because i hear footsteps on my roof granted it's just the squirrels but still (laughs) i'm gonna be terrifying squirrel ghost we don't know in the early morning yeah i don't know if those things are dead or alive but yeah i thought it was super scary um i thought it was, like, too much of just stuff popping out of nowhere. Yeah. I was like, all right, let's take it easy. It's a cop-out. It really, it's, yeah. it's, lazy it's lazy filmmaking, uh, screenplay, writing. I don't know mm-hmm. who's responsible for all of that, but it's just lazy. Who's responsible? <laughs> I want to talk to their manager. <laughs> I mean, um, there could be... Um, I don't know, atmosphere or world building or, like, the tension, you know, but instead they're just like, boo. Yeah. And not not even a very scary boo at that. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get into that a little bit more once we talk about what scared us. Um, so, kind of to backtrack, yeah, so there were some effective parts, I suppose, but it is just this kind of, like, constant paradigm of... Is she dreaming? Is she not dreaming? Like, there's, like, three different scenarios oh, where, like, yeah. creepy something something creepy happens, and then all of a sudden she wakes up, and then she wakes up again. You're like, so, is this a dream? And there's, like, hands, like, like disembodied hands everywhere, and you're like, what is happening? Like, you just don't know what's going on. And maybe, I don't know, I guess the benefit of the doubt, maybe that's the point, to make the audience feel isolated just as Kate feels isolated mm. herself. Also, how 
I mean, I guess it makes you think if her mom's mental illness was passed down to her, because that's kind of a thing. But right? it's just a lot. Like, it's one thing if you're like, oh, like Oculus, is, is, it, yeah. is it in their head or is it real? But in this case, is she dreaming? Is it in her head or is it real? Who the hell knows what's happening? I surely didn't. Yeah. It's very difficult to follow. Yeah, it's, it's very, like, convoluted. Let's see. So I want to talk a little bit about the differences between the novella and the movie because the novella itself is just extremely well done and it's kind of a shame that it was such a poor representation of the movie. <laughs> they just shit all yeah, over yeah, it. Yeah, they're like, fuck you, Henry James. We don't give a fuck about your writing. Um, the only thing about Henry James, if you are not a big reader... I mean, like, if you can read, but um, <laughs> if you're not a big reader yourself, like, you're going to find it probably very boring and convoluted and dense because there are barely, like, any paragraph breaks at all. Like, I mean, if you just look at this, like... Oh, yeah. Like, I'm showing the page, and there's, like, no paragraph breaks. So Yeah, so it was extremely <laughs> dense. Beautiful language, but super dense. So um, it's not for everybody, but if you're into ghost stories, then this is going to be a really good ghost story for you to read. Um, anyway, so some of the differences between the movie and the novella itself, in the very, like, early beginning, you know that Miles got kicked out of school, but you know because a letter got sent to the governess. So there's Mrs. Gross in the movie as well, who's kind Poor of like... woman. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, like, the nanny, but whatever she is, like, she's kind of this housekeeper that's been there for 40 years, I don't know. Um, but, so, she is with Kate throughout the entire novella. So I think that takes a little bit of the isolation away from the novella because even like the narrator calls Mrs. Gross like my friend, my companion, whereas in the no where in the movie Mrs. Gross is this total just kind of like creepy woman in the background that's like, there are no ghosts. No, she's seriously <laughs> such like a stereotypical old nanny of yeah. a hairy of a hairy movie. Of a scary <laughs> movie. Like her eyes are sunken in down mm -hmm. to her tits. Yeah. <laughs> Very emaciated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she looks just like creepy. One she's of also the a jerk. She is kind yeah, of. Yeah, she's like, there's no ghosts, but are there? But for the kids, she's like, oh, they don't, there's no rules for them. We yeah. have to do everything. But I think yeah. it's because Miles has been so mean to her. Like, <laughs> everything goes back to Miles. He's just an ass. Yeah. Yeah. He is, um. Although he's like, what, 10 in the novella? Oh, yeah. He's young like in the novella. Child, he's probably like, like 9 17. or 10, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's super, like, cantankerous. Um, but. So yeah, Mrs. Gross is with Kate throughout the story, so it makes, I kind of feel like it makes the reader and the narrator feel a little less isolated than she does in the movie. Um, and then just to read kind of a few quotes from it. So I'm going to go to page 145 if you book nerds are following along with me. They describe the ghost as a horror uh, you see horror, not horror. <laughs> um, you see the ghost very early on, or you don't see them, but you hear of the ghost very early on. So Kate's like, there's this ghost. And Mrs. Gross is like, maybe. And you just, I don't know. So it's she validates her in the novella? Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's definitely like friendly with her. Like, there's this one part where, to paraphrase, 
She's like, can I kiss you? And Kate's like, of course. And the narrator's like, of course. Like, a friendly kiss. Oh, not like, I thought you meant... No, okay. like, yeah. Like, wow, that went in a totally <laughs> different direction. Battle chicka, wow, wow. Yeah, no, not like that. Yeah, she's just like, get over here. Let me kiss you. But, so they're friends. Like, they're very friendly. Um, but yeah, so the ghosts are seen as a horror, even if it is kind of a little, like, extra exposition, like, it is horror, it is scary, but I, I didn't get that, but, um, and then also on, so I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think in the movie you actually find out how Quint, or do you find out how Quint died? He, like, fell off a horse? That's what I, I think thought. it was alluded that Mrs. Gross had something to do with his death. In the movie? In the movie. She okay. made, like, said that, like, I don't know. Like, they said that he had a horse accident, which he drank a lot, so he could have been drunk, but I feel like she gave the vibe that she had something to do with it. Maybe she poisoned him. Like, she made sure something happened with him because she had some... She knew he had something to do with the other stuff that happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I just, like, zoned out (laughs) because the movie's so (laughs) stupid. Um, But, yeah, so in the book, you find that um, Mrs. Gross calls Quint a hound. Like, she knows that he was... Also, shout out to two characters named Quint in the last Oh, yeah. <laughs> Quint from Jaws and Quint Not from... Not the same Quint. We find out that he, like, got hit in the head or something, um, or he fell, he fell off his horse. Say, like, the fellow was a hound. So they all kind of, like, agree that this guy was kind of a douchebag. I really like that. I'm going to start saying that. He's a hound. He's a hound. <laughs> you hound. Um, and, but anyway, so talk a little bit about is the narrator crazy is she not crazy the book is a little bit more straight lined about it if that's if that makes sense Uh, I go on I know as if I were crazy and it's a wonder I'm not what I've seen would have made you so but it has only made me more lucid so she's basically like I'm not crazy this has made me less (laughs) yeah this has made me less crazy because I see ghosts so it's just kind of like it's very... It's a different... It's a different tone. Yeah, for Like, sure. it's like, I'm not crazy. Like, I see ghosts, and the movie's like, does she? Like, I don't know. It's just like... She also sounds a lot more articulate in the novella, whereas in the movie you saw her unraveling. Her hair was a hot mess. Her makeup was crazy. <laughs> she was just blabbering. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, she's crazy. Yeah, yeah. She definitely, like, you see this very kind of, like, slow, or very quick, I should say, kind of, like unraveling desiccation of her (laughs) and so let's talk about miles a little bit psychologically speaking he could be a couple different things i mean is he a broken child or is he a full-blown fucking psychopath because he was hurting animals and aggressive and manipulative but he also could have just been broken he they lost their parents i don't know how they lost their parents in the novella but in the film they lost him in a car accident and then this quint dude totally got him drunk at the age of like 15 and was like abusive towards other people so like he didn't have good role modeling for relationships and everyone that he has had abandoned him or left so he could just be very broken and he's just a plain old asshole because he's sad or angry or he's a fucking psychopath that could be a psycho killer who the hell knows he might not have any remorse for anything he was killing spiders and fish and slamming kids heads into the oh oh yeah that's why he was he was expelled from school is from like choking out some kids smashing his head but oh the kid didn't die though so that that's at least a plus he wasn't arrested for murder but the kid did ruin all of the photos that miles had of his parents that's why he got so aggressive so it gives you a different level of empathy for him but again is he just completely 
violent and crazy and then he can't be fixed or is he just a broken child that needs some love yeah is he like being triggered basically by like his this they need some trauma therapy. yeah they both the need whole some ass therapy. family needs therapy yeah mrs. everybody mrs therapy. gross yeah she's been there for 60 years like she's she needs some stuff yeah she needs to just retire by now i don't know she's like 98 years old i think the same thing megan does he is also when he tried to kiss her Mm-hmm. You know, Weird. that... They but, sexualized him a little bit yeah. in the yeah. film. And also, well, I feel like they did that because of his role model, who was a rapist. Oh, yeah, girls, trigger warning. Think? That's what happened to their previous governess. That Quint guy um, sexually abused her and murdered her after he had been taking creepy pictures of her and stalking her for a while. She had written about it in her journal, which Kate found, and then it either spiraled her into paranoia, um, or she found out why the ghosts were haunting the place. Yeah, I just thought he was super creepy, especially the relationship between him and um, Kate. Mm -hmm. It was just weird at first. But he was, all of this aside, he was a good big brother to Florida. Florida? Florida. (laughs) Florida. (laughs) To Florida. He was a very good big brother to her. Um, Besides that, he's a dick. Yeah, which is interesting because that, it makes you think, like, back to Megan's point, like, maybe he wasn't a psychopath. Maybe he was just triggered because he's sad because his parents are dead. So he takes on this kind of, like, fatherly role, even if it is creepy, because he feels like Quint had this fatherly role, and now Quint's dead, too. So everyone around him is dying. Give him a break, everybody. Um, but, yeah, so in the novella, he's super creepy, too. Just his language... Um, he's extremely creepy and condescending. Was like, he sexual, though, in that? Because he was, like, literally, like, 9 or 10, right? Versus, like, a teenager. Um, a little bit, but not as, like, trying to kiss her. Like, he, <laughs> like, a little bit. Like, he's more just in his language. Like, he, he says on page 190 to the, his governess, Look here, my dear, he said charmingly. When in the world, please, am I going back to school? Like, he's just, like, is weird and creepy, and who talks like that? I guess it's, like, 1898, but also, like, don't call me my dear. Kate is just being, like, gaslit the whole time. She's like, I'm seeing these ghosts! And Mrs. Gross is like, no, you're not! Like, I can't believe it! And the kids are gaslighting her. Like, this whole thing is just, like, she's just being fucked with the entire time. But the kids did say stuff that would be, like, inferring that they saw ghosts, but... It could have been her dreaming or mm-hmm. her, um, like, hallucinating or having delusions. Because at, towards the end of the, like, the cli- or towards the climax of the film, Miles was saying, like, she's like, okay, we gotta leave the house. And he's like, he won't let me go, referring mm-hmm. to Quint. So I'm like, okay, does he see the ghost? But then she wakes up and comes out of this delusion and everything's back the way it was before. So all of that could have been in her head or the yeah. kids could be... Seeing the ghost as well. Yeah, because yeah. of the mirror part, too, where she's like, tell me, to the to Flora, she's like, tell me you saw him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I didn't see him, I swear. And she's like, no, I know you did. And yeah. she starts getting all squirrely. Yeah. Yeah, and just the ending of the movie, um, I hate to give spoilers away, so fast forward if you don't want a spoiler, but there's just two separate endings, and it doesn't make sense. Like, when I first watched this by myself, I rewound it because I was like, Wait, I like I thought my Netflix skipped or something. And I was like, <laughs> wait, I already watched this part, and it I don't know. It's just a mess of a movie. Um, it's abrupt. It's abrupt, it's and it just doesn't. 
I don't know. The whole thing just doesn't make sense. But, um, and, like, it's in the time period it's trying to be in. Like, it's never really, like, known what time period. Like, it seems like it's kind of, like, anachronistic. But then you're like, well, are you in modern time? Because does she have a phone? I, they like were a, talking on a phone, like a like a landline, but oh. it inferred that it was right when, um, fuck. Oh, Kurt Cobain. Kurt oh, Cobain yeah, died. yeah, yeah, the 90s. So because, whatever. Yeah, yeah, 1994. Yeah, uh, that's right. Because um, he kept on listening to But it definitely didn't look like that. No, it didn't it look like the 90s. Earlier. But I mean, in a state like that, it's going to look yeah. older anyway, but even her fashion, which yeah. was bomb, by the way. Compliment to the movie. The yeah. costume costuming person, her clothes were amazing, but they didn't look like 90s clothes to me. No, the only good part about that movie was her clothes. <laughs> um, and Finn Wolfhard, I guess. He was a very good actor. The and kids. the little girl. Yeah, they were The amazing. little girl was a good actor. Yeah, I, I thought, honestly, like it was good acting and good, like, you know, clothing style. But other than that, like the movie was just trash. Yeah, so we don't really know, like, I guess what the location is. We're assuming maybe it's America because Kurt Cobain like dying was on the news. New England for some reason. It I seems like New why. England, but if Mrs. Gross was British, it could have taken place at an English estate and the kids just could be an American. But that's why he was going to a boarding school. Who the hell yeah. knows? So was, everything was a bit ambiguous and, yeah. and like vague. <laughs> yeah, this is the definition of ambiguity. Um, yeah, well, in the novella, it spells things differently like the like the british english version like it spells connection with an x instead of like a ct so it's like literally like connects connection so uh jenna we talked a little bit about what scared you but you said the jump scares scared you any scene in particular that scared you the most i know, I know you were hiding under the blanket half the time but. i thought that the scariest part was the when they showed Quint as a ghost, not showed him, but, like, showed the stuff that he did to the nanny before. Mm-hmm. And when she was carrying around that journal and reading it and the photo that he left in her bed, yeah, that scared me shitless, all of that. Hide and seek was really scary. Yeah. I didn't really watch it because <laughs> I just listened. The noises yeah. still made me jump. And also, we never talked about the part where the kids through that thing in the pool, the body. Yeah, the mannequin or whatever, yeah. Or body mannequin, whatever we want to assume it is. Yeah, that was slightly scary as well. Yeah, the flashlight scene was super effective, but other than that, like, I don't know, like, Miles was creepy, but there wasn't anything that, like, really scared me besides the flashlight tag scene. Also, every jump square square, square (laughs) had music leading up to it. Yeah. You know, so you knew it was coming. Okay, so when you were reading the book, were you scared? No. Or not book, novella. Old English is hard for me to, like, get scared from, if that makes sense. Well, it's not old English, but it's, yeah, it's super, yeah, no, I I didn't get scared. I think because I knew, I I already read this story a long time ago, um, but I knew it was going to happen because I read the story before and also Mm -hmm. I had seen the movie, so I kind of, like, I was already anticipating what was going to happen, just... The phrasing of it is a little bit scarier. Just the way they talk about the ghost and the way everything is. The ghosts Probably are... Probably, like, better, like, um, atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, like, a this dark tone to it, but which is this really beautiful language. So I think more of, like, the concept is scary. I think the scariest part of the film, I agree with you guys, they played, um, like hide-and-seek-in-the-dark, I guess, or, like, flashlight yeah. tag, some type of combination of the two. Um, 
he was down in like a freaking. It looked like tunnel. It looked. Yeah, like, it yeah. really looked. It was weird. It was reminiscent thing. of the catacombs yeah. in France. It was very bizarre, like some creepy tunnel under the house. I don't know. I didn't like it. I wouldn't yeah. play down there. I'd be like, okay, I'll see you upstairs. Whilst you're hiding out here for the rest of the night, I wouldn't even go yeah, down there. I don't know why she went down there. Like, and so she thinks she sees Miles. It's this back and forth, which is really scary. The tension building for that yeah. scene was very, very good. And she goes back upstairs, freaking out, crying, and Miles is sitting on the chair. I've been here for like a half an hour. Yeah, yeah. You know, just like <laughs> emphasizes his asshole yeah-ness. Uh-huh. I don't know. But another scene that really, first of all, I don't like disembodied hands. It had a lot of that. That grossed <laughs> me out. I felt very unnerved by that. But um, the scene close to the climax of the film where she discovers, or so she thinks, I don't know if this is an actual discovery, if this is a delusion, hallucination, whatever, that Quint had um, sexually assaulted Miss Jessel and strangled her. And so before Kate had experienced that, that physical manifestation herself, she saw Miss Jessel under the bed shaking, making this gurgling noise. And that was very unnerving for yeah, me. That was yeah. it, really It was a little yeah. reminiscent of The Sixth Sense with Misha Barton's character oh throwing up God, under the bed. Oh my God, that movie, the, oh, that scene, yeah. fucked me up. Yeah. So oh, it, that yeah. I think that's why it freaked me out a yeah. little bit. I did like that aspect of it where instead of a ghost trying to harm people, she was asking for help. That yeah. reminded me a bit of Crimson Peak. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which I re- I liked that. It didn't have yeah. the best reviews, but I love the costuming for that. Mm-hmm. I love um, Tom Hiddleston yeah. and Guillermo del Toro. So oh. it's very very pretty, and like yeah. I liked I liked the aesthetic of that. A lot of people didn't like that, but I did. Yeah, I liked the mood a lot of Crimson Peak. Um, but I feel like if they would have done an actual adaptation instead of a more modern adaptation, it would have had a very, very similar feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, so another part that scared me too was uh, it was more, I guess, of the of the idea of it that was scary because, and this was kind of linking in with our last podcast. Um, if you listen to Jaws, we talked about bodies in rivers, <laughs> which I'm sorry, but if you've been in a river for that long, she looked okay. Like, she was, like, not decaying. She was, like, or... bloated, but that was it. Unless it was, like, really cold and it preserved it better. But, yeah. yeah she would be, like, rotted out. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm no forensic scientist, but, like, I don't know. She seemed like she was doing okay. We so... should have someone who's a forensic scientist come on and, like, break down a movie and talk about how, like, accurate the yeah. decomposition and whatever. I think that would be interesting. That would be interesting. So if anybody's a <laughs> forensic scientist, shout out. Hit us up. We'd we'll like to have you on. Yeah, no, that's... That would be actually pretty cool if he watched, like, something gory or something. Um, but, yeah, so, anyway, so, um, and then we talked a little bit about, like, skin peeling off, which I couldn't find it. I think it's just called skin peeling. Like, when, you're bo- when your dead body's in the water for a while, oh, your I skin... Oh, that happens in the Hudson a lot. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, swimming in the Hudson, like... No, yeah, when they're, like, fishing out dead bodies, the skin just, just seeps through the slops. net. It, like, yeah. Yeah. Off. yeah, it's, yeah. oh, I'm... Oh, R.I.P. people, but oh, gross. Um, but yeah, so that that part, the idea of like a body being in a pond or being so close is is scary. But it also plays into the idea of like, well, are there ghosts or are they not ghosts? Because I don't know. Uh, anyway, I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm ranting about this movie, and we should just stay on track. Personal um, experience, though, I mentioned last time that I found a body once. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. We talked about this. It was brief, but we were all a little wine drunk. Um, so, <laughs> so I was it a body? We were in a neighborhood that had like a little nature preserve in it, um, and there was a pond there. 
I was with my, like, I think it was freshman year of high school. I was walking my dog with my best friend in the middle of February. Don't know why I was walking my dog in February, and that dog didn't go on walks. So it was just a weird combination <laughs> yeah. of factors that shouldn't have even happened. Yeah. So we're, like, walking around this pond, and there's a guy walking his Dalmatian. I also don't know why he's walking in the middle of winter around the pond either. But he starts <laughs> He's screaming. a killer. He's a body. We go over, and we find um, a body frozen to the edge of the frozen. pond. Frozen. No yeah, frozen. way. So, like, her pants were, like, down, so I was, like, freaking <gasps> out. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's, like, a serial rapist or something. But long story short, it's not super scary. She just got really drunk and walked outside and died from hypothermia. No way. Which I guess is a more peaceful way to die. You get a little more euphoric if you get hypothermia. That's what, <laughs> And you get warm, and that's why people like strip their clothes off when they're really cold. But that's not why. I think she just fell. She was an older woman that got a little too tipsy. And cool. it's very sad. I'm very sad. But, yeah. So I'm a little... Des- I think that's why I'm so desensitized to that's things. That's crazy, yeah. though. What'd you do? Call the... Well, my parents... Sorry, Mom and Dad. Snitching here. But they were at a sinner's brunch where, like, people go drink on Sundays with their friends. Like, they were, like, having a drink with their friends. And they were, like, in Cleveland or something. Sinner's brunch? Yeah. I drink I've never, all the I, time. Yeah, I've never <laughs> like, heard that. Yeah, I'm like, I'm apparently a sinner. It's like, <laughs> it's like a Sunday brunch where you have, like, drinks and stuff. Oh, I thought oh. that they were at, like, a swingers party. No. <laughs> yeah. That is not a thing. Sorry, no, parents. absolutely yeah. not. But, um, so I ended up having to call my uncle and he came and got me because the police were questioning us. I'm like, yes, two 14-year-old girls and a dog totally hey, had something to do with Slender this. Man. You see that movie? Those, oh, like, 14-year-old girls. Based on a true story. That yeah. girl legit stabbed her friend to sacrifice her. Yeah. Which the girl I- survived. She crawled out to the... To the street. She survived? Yeah. Oh, good for her. Um, I will tell you, we will not watch Slender Man because that movie is trash. <laughs> we should play a game, though. I heard the Slender Man game is really good. What do you think, Jenna? I don't know. I it's, don't know what that means. And my you know opinion, what Slender Man is? No. It's scarier oh, to play games than watch movies, honestly. What is it? What do you do? Okay, game? well, first of all, we have to explain who Slenderman is. Oh, so geez. Megan, our horror expert, is probably going to be better explained than me. So go ahead, Megan. Um, essentially, first of all, there's an awesome YouTube series called Marble Hornets, if you want to watch it. Like, this was before I got super into horror, and I'm like, oh, it's so scary, it's on YouTube. But, um, <laughs> it's essentially... A lot of things on YouTube are scary. <laughs> it originated as a creepypasta, so it's like internet lore. Um, pasta? Creepy, oh, cre- creepypasta. Oh my gosh, okay, don't that's go that's a whole that. other story. Yeah. We need to educate Jen on all yeah, things horror. Yeah, well, don't worry, we'll get um, you there. <laughs> am I going to be afraid to make pasta now, or... <laughs> yeah. No. No, you'll be fine. I mean, I... I He's just a creepy fictional character. Is it like from German folklore or something? No, I think it just... Oh, was German. I think it just originated on, like, 4chan or something. Oh, okay. I don't yeah, I thought it was it. like well, I thought it was like German folklore. No, I think this is a more recent thing. It said it originated in 2009. It was a creepypasta internet meme. So like it caught on like wildfire, and it became more of an urban legend than just a creepy pasta. And so um, <laughs> apparently, there's stuff in Minecraft about it. There is that movie which we're not going to talk about. Um, but some of the games are really cool, where you're like running around the woods, like, collecting these pages, mm-hmm. and, like, Slender Man that's, is, like, That's creepy. scary. Yeah, I, I played it's that before. It's more like the POV. You're in person. You're It's you that's in danger when you're playing a game versus watching something, like, you know, as a film. Mm-hmm. It's, there's that, you know, fourth wall, but when you're playing a game, you're, it's you experiencing It's like experiencing first person, right? Yeah. yeah, I have such a harder time playing scary games, yeah. so I can't do it by myself. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've, I've played that game before. That, that game is scary, but Slenderman is scary itself. So I actually found this. It's on WashingtonPost.com um, describing Slenderman. 
He lurks in the background of gritty black and white photos. Oh, no. There's no <laughs> fucking way I'm doing anything with this. A gaunt, too tall figure no. with skeletal no. limbs. No, I'm not even going to be able to go on <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> no. better. Some say he lives in the woods. Shut And he eats he like children. children. Yeah. No. A kind of demon no. descend, descended from Eastern European myth. I'm Eastern European. <laughs> Are Jenna, you, you Slenderman? Shut up. <laughs> look, it's dark outside. I can't look out these windows okay, wait, now because okay. I'm going to see something. We're going to traumatize Jenna real fast. No, Hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jenna. we got to do it for the pod. Some say he stalks human prey Stop. indiscriminately wherever he can find it. In basements. La, 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 la. <laughs> outside <laughs> half-open windows. Half-open. Along lonely streets oh. late at night when only occasional headlights cut across the road. Ooh. Some say he has no, no. face. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Actually, Sorry. they did an episode on Supernatural. Shout out to that show. Bless all the guys in that show are super hot. But it was, it's not actually Slenderman, but it was parodied on Slenderman. And it turns out that it was like people faking it, which they actually deal with actual supernatural creatures, but they uh-huh. were trying to deal with like who was murdering people. But yeah. Ooh. So there's an episode on Supernatural about it too. I really, I think this is a really interesting creepypasta. Mm. I mean, it. I think it's definitely... More defined, you know, more like, um, I don't know, Mothman or Jersey Devil now versus something mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Mothman. Oh, we should watch that movie. I watched it when I was little. But oh. isn't based, <laughs> that's based on lore, like an urban yeah. legend. Isn't it in Ohio, from Ohio? Like Cleveland or something? Oh my so. god. I saw this bumper sticker the other day that said Mothman for President 2020. <laughs> like, I can get well, behind that. Yeah, I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Um, okay, so we digress. <laughs> So, the intense fears of ghost. This also includes, like, um, fan- fantastical characters like vampires and werewolves. But, so, intense fear of ghost is called phasmophobia. And that could be... I was reading articles about it, um, but that could be actually debilitating to people. Where it has been linked with... Uh, like depression and anxiety and some people said that when they went on like antidepressants their anxiety about their fear of ghosts went away so maybe that's gonna cure everything but according to the Paul Ekman group quote fear arises with the threat of harm either physical emotional or psychological real or imagined while traditionally considered a negative emotion Fear actually serves as an important role in keeping us safe as it mobilizes us to cope with potential danger, unquote. So we did talk about that a little bit in Jaws when we said, like, fear descends from our ancestors, that we are, fear is like a um, survival mechanism that we have so we can live longer. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so the fear, my theory, obviously, ghosts can potentially hurt us. Uh, Also, kind of on a deeper, more... Uh, philosophical spectrum what happens after we die are we becoming these ghosts trapped in this house after we die Um, we can't just stab a ghost like we can stab a murderer we fear what we can't see ghosts like I mean it's from a whole nother world like we don't even know the capacity that this ghost has so um, yeah and there are just so many like true ghost stories or allegedly true ghost stories that you hear about 
people seeing ghosts in their house as like little girls. Um, there's this one in particular. Her name, I forget what her name exactly was, but it was like Sally something. Of course, and it's Sally. <laughs> I know, but they told her to like. They told the people in the house to like parent this ghost. They're like, she's a child. She needs disciplined. When she does something wrong, parent her. And so this mom kind of like had this weird obsession with this little ghost girl and was like trying to like discipline this child. Like she would leave her toys on the floor. She would say, Sally, clean up your toys. Like, and, and then you find out later, apparently it was actually a demon. <laughs> like oh, disguising itself, <laughs> disguising itself Imagine, as a like, little okay, girl. Okay, demon, go in the corner. Oh, yeah, gosh. yeah. Well, yeah, it started off with a little, a little girl then it like manifested into this old woman. And there was just so much, like you find out all this stuff that apparently it was this demon that, was using this little girl as like a genist covering her ears. I, I want to go home so bad. This is yeah. This is a step up from Jaws, real quick. <laughs> it truly um, is. It's a it's a different you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. And honestly, like speaking of that, to compare it to Jaws, same thing. Like Megan said, it's tangible. Like I mean, not that we have much fight against a shark, but I would pin myself as, as, against a shark versus a demon. Yeah, because all you do is get tickle its snout and rub its belly. Oh, I mean, maybe maybe a demon. Would, yeah. Don't go in the water. Maybe tickle. A demon snout. Oh we don't gosh. know. Like, come here. Um, okay. Lastly, we'll play our little game. What would our strategy be? So, if you were, um, or if not, if you were a ghost, if you had a ghost in your house, what would you do? Um, and also, on a side note, how would you deal with Miles? So, um, we'll start off with if you had a ghost in your house, what would you do? Jenna. I plead the fifth on this one because I'm not even picturing it. I'm out. I can't die from fright. I really don't want to even think about it, talk about it. I am never coming back here, and I'm also (laughs) never recording at night again. (laughs) I will see you suckers at 7 a.m. the next time. So this is our last episode of Screams and Queens. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Um, Megan, what would your strategy be since Jenna opts out? I don't know. I feel like I always say one thing and do another. Um... Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, you never know how you're going to react in that situation. Fight or flight. You honestly, or freeze, or you never know. I feel like I'm like, oh, yeah, totally nope the fuck out of there. Leave immediately. Bye, kids. Like, you're on your own. But I probably (laughs) just be frozen in place, like, totally freaked out. (laughs) Um, For Miles, I would probably acquire some type of reputable therapist um, and have him talk through some things. Everybody needs therapy. Let's get it all together. And we'll have some nice family sit-down therapy. Yeah. Group therapy. Everyone should go see a therapist, um, especially Miles and Flora. Um, yeah, I would probably go live in a church, <laughs> call an exorcist. I don't know. I mean, probably call a priest. That seems like pretty a pretty uh, rash decision right away, just to be like, hey, Father Smith, <laughs> like, come to my house and exercise his ghost. It depends on the lore, because yeah. in some ghost movies, the ghosts are attached to people and not necessarily yeah. a place. Like um, Insidious. You're not safe wherever you go. The ghost is coming with you. Um, but if it is a particular situation where it is just a haunted house, just leave the house. Problem solved. Yeah, you're like, like yeah, like Amityville Horror. Like, yeah. leave the house, Insidious, just die. Die. Yeah, just, <laughs> just let it happen, you know. Um, but we'll get to that later when we watch the Conjuring franchise. I'm not watching that. Oh, you got to. <laughs> Which I'm excited to talk about because that's actually based on your story. Anyway, uh, we digress. I'm... I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna's, Jenna's done. I know. She tapped out. Yeah, no, it is like... The movie wasn't scary. I didn't think so. The jump... There were some effective scenes, I will say. Like, some of the jump scares and stuff. But I just think... 
like we kind of all said, it relied too much on jump scares. The movie was all over the place. Yeah. But read the story, because it's not an album. Um, but in closing, so um, I have no nothing to say about conserving ghosts <laughs> like I did about sharks. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> call your... Uh, church or whatever if you have a ghost um anyway so make sure to follow us on our social media pages on instagram it is at it is at screams and queens pod on twitter screams podcast every episode is released on friday next week we're going to be talking about the movie extremely wicked shockingly evil and vile which is based on the ted bundy trials So super excited about that. Um, But thank you again for tuning in. And we are Screams and Queens. We'll see you next week.